Isaiah 26. And before we begin, let's take a moment to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do come to you now. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord, and your plan for each and every person's life. We ask now that each one would have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. May each one of us have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And Lord, we give you all the praise for what you're doing. Ask that you would speak to each and every heart today in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we began last week speaking to you about getting control of your life, getting control. Many people live out of control lives, uh, whether it's out of control, uh, you know, emotions or, you know, negative emotions, out of control eating, out of control spending. A lot of people have out of control areas of their life. And of course, God doesn't want things to be that way. He wants you to be large and in charge, right? Well, not large, but, you know, it just... In- <laughs> just in charge of what he has given you so that you can then submit your life to him and effectively serve him and so getting control of our life is very very important now we told you this as well that there are two main uh, principles that we need to have in our understanding and put into practice that will give us control of our lives and we gave you number one already and we're going to continue on number one for a little uh, a couple more weeks probably before we get to number two but number one is your mind all right remember this principle if you'll if you can control your mind you can control your life all right but at the same time if you have an out of control mind you will have an out of control life all right if your thoughts are just chaotic and just go in every different direction if you don't control what your mind uh, gets focused on you will not be able to control your life and this is a very important key you, you know we spend time and we spend certain messages like I taught a series a, a while back uh, probably a few years ago now but called the the believers authority remember that and uh, and how we have authority in Christ and in the name of Jesus we can order demons around and and order circumstances around but how many know that uh, even though that message is true there's a lot that is in our control not everything in life is in our control there are some things that happen around us that you and I are not going to manipulate or change just because we know who we are in Christ. Because some of that has to do with other people. No matter how uh, much I want you to change or do something different or treat me different, I can't command you in the name of Jesus to do it and I'm going to override your will. My authority doesn't reach that far. The Lord doesn't authorize me to run and control your life. All right. And so there are circumstances and situations that all of us will have to deal with in life that are not going so well, and we can't just independently fix it. But what we must have control of in the middle of that is what's happening inside of us. In the middle of a sin-filled filled world, in the middle of a fallen world, in the middle of a, a situation where people around us are yielding to all kinds of negative stuff and yielding to the devil... Uh, how am I going to act in the middle of that? I must remain in control of what God has put in my control and has given me. And one of the big keys again is that I control my mind. Okay, We'll talk again about controlling circumstances. We'll talk about being the thermostat instead of the thermometer. I'm sure we'll get to some of that again. But right now we're dealing with internal stuff. 
If there's internal chaos in your life, it's really difficult to have everything around you in order. All right. And so getting control of your life. If you can control your mind, you can control your life. If your mind is filled with all kinds of random activity that is ungodly and not right, then those things are going to be manifest in the rest of your life. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, the scripture said, you will keep him, you being the Lord, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, a person doesn't have perfect peace just because they're saved. A person doesn't have perfect peace just because they do everything right or because everyone around them does everything right. The the solution here is being able to keep your mind stayed on the Lord. That's possible. Hmm. It's possible to continually be focused on Him. And the result is amazing. If you could bottle it and mass produce it you'd be a gazillionaire overnight how many know that's true it's perfect peace the thing is it's free it's available to everyone if they will learn to control their mind and keep their mind stayed on the lord it's his promise you'll have perfect peace this is amazing stuff now here's the reality I shared this with this, you, this with you a little bit before. It's possible for a person to have all kinds of mental anguish, despair, and uh, turmoil in their minds over something that's not true. Little Jimmy, cellar with the monster in it. He can be freaked out over something that's not even a reality. But likewise, it's also true that a a person can have all kinds of turmoil around them in their life, yet if they will keep their mind on the right thing, they can have peace in the middle of it. This is an amazing truth. Some are pulling their hair out over things that aren't even a reality. And others are pulling their hair out and there's good reason to i mean it it is based in reality but the thing is they don't have to if we learn to control our minds we can have peace in the middle of chaos praise god and this is what we all need to get to okay get to the place where we can keep our minds focused on something good in particular keep our minds stayed on the Lord. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, another scripture we, we looked at last time that I want to read again, 2 Corinthians 10. And verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Well, what kind of strongholds? Verse 5, 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so it is possible for every one of us to do this. How many know the, the place where the enemy wants to wage warfare against you and I is not up in the heavenly realms, but it is right inside of our own being in our mind. If I can win the battle of the mind, I win the battle. If I can keep my mind focused on what is right and what I want to keep it focused on, I am going to be victorious. We, there are a lot of voices. There are a lot of uh, demonic things that happen in the world today. But do you know that the enemy can't get to you if he can't get to your mind? If we refuse to let our mind follow all the thoughts that he tries to plant in them, it could be as if, you know, uh, he's, he's in a cage, a glass cage, soundproof, screaming, trying to, you know, the, the devil trying to get his way uh, to accomplished in our lives, but we just live oblivious to his existence, and he has no influence because he always tries to work through the, bat, through the mind, right? As a Christian, how many know this? He can't get to your spirit. He can't touch you. You've been vacuum-packed. Yep. <laughs> Ephesians talks about how, how, how we've been sealed, right? Sealed in. He can't get to your spirit. Hmm. There, there was a time in most of our lives where, uh, as Proverbs says, he who wins souls is wise, where our soul was won over. Meaning somebody shared the gospel with us and we saw it. Those, the blinders that the enemy put in front of our eyes, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, were removed and we thought, I'm lost. I've sinned. I've come short of the glory of God. I need a Savior. I need to receive the Lord. And because our soul, our thinking and our mind was won over, we received the Lord. He came and changed us spiritually. And now from the inside, we are a brand new creation. And but understand this. How did the Lord get to your spirit? He got there through your mind. He won you over through his powerful word and someone living a life before you or sharing a, the gospel with you. He won your soul over and so your spirit was changed. And forever perfected. And, and likewise, the enemy also tries to influence our minds. Because if he can get us to grab a hold of his thoughts and accept them as true and think on his negative stuff, then he has an entrance into our lives. Think about it. God got a hold of our spirits through our minds. He did. And the enemy also gets a hold of people's lives. Some, the enemy tries to attack people's bodies, right? Physical bodies. Well, certainly. Certainly he does. But I'm telling you, the mind is the doorway into that. He's got to get us to agree with him, to, to believe. Remember, remember what uh, uh, Peter wrote about um, how Satan goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In other words... Uh, Satan goes around trying to act big and tough and strong and, 
And he's looking for an opportunity to devour people. That tells me he cannot indiscriminately just go in and devour any person he wants. He cannot just show up to your house and, I'm going to take you out today. No, he needs permission to come in. He knocks, and if we open, he comes in. But you keep the door closed. How do I keep the door closed? Right here. He's trying to win me over in my soul. Hmm? And if he can win my soul, then he has entrance into my life. How does he win my soul? He gets me to meditate on his, his junk, his trash, fear, and anxiety, and negative reports. And if he can do that, that's how he gets in. Okay? Understand that, that when we were saved, well, most of you know this, but this is good to rehearse. Our spirits were made brand spanking new, right? Brand new. And we were changed. The life of God came in us. But our souls and our bodies were left the same. Remember 1 Corinthians 5, 23? Uh, may the, I think it says, may the God of peace sanctify you holy. May your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus. Remember that? We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. When I got saved, my spirit was instantly changed, forever and eternally made righteous. My spirit now, here's the, here's, this, is, this is great. It only wants to do good stuff. It doesn't want to sin. It doesn't want to do bad. It, it thinks about God 24-7. It loves the Word. Loves to worship, loves to give and serve, loves to, uh, to be in church. My spirit, 24 hours a day, is uh, desiring good things only. You never, ever again will have trouble with your spirit. Because God entered, made it all brand new. But we still got the body to deal with. And we still got the soul. Now the body, of course, we know, loves to oversleep. Loves to overeat, loves to be pampered, and uh, it just loves anything. It doesn't want to take responsibility. It just wants to kind of veg, right? Take care of me, lavish me, body, 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 I am your body, right? Wants all the attention. The body, of course, didn't get born again. It's the same as it was before, but the body must be held in check. But the body is constantly talking. We got five physical senses, and they're always on. They're always communicating. Do this, do this, do this. Give me this, give me this, give me this. Take care of me here. And it's constantly yapping at us. And so we've got our body who's always talking. Here's the other good news. Our spirit's always talking too. Our spirit is always sending information, and it's all God. It's all righteous. It's love and joy and peace and faithfulness. And it's the fruit of the recreated spirit. All this stuff is coming out because our spirits are connected to God. We've been joined with the Lord and become one spirit with Him. And so everything out of our spirit is righteousness and goodness and all this wonderful stuff. And your spirit totally wants to obey God 24 hours a day. Never wants to slack off. Never wants to just be lazy and just kind of but your body always wants to okay so we got communication taking place inside of all of us and our soul is in the middle our mind will and emotions and that's where the, the the information is being fed 
It's all coming into our soulish realm. It's coming into our mind, and we've got to decide now which one we're going with. The thing is, most of us, most people have not learned to tune in to the voice of their spirit. And they, the only thing they hear and yield to is the voice of the flesh. And they hear it clearly, crystal clear. They know exactly what their body wants, and they take ownership, and they say, that's what I want. Well, that's not really you. Right. It's the house you live in. Yeah. Hmm. It's your earth suit. And it's talking constantly. But the thing is, we've got to learn to tune in to the other voice. It's the voice of the Spirit who is in connection with God that always wants to do right, always wants to be holy and righteous. And we've got to learn to receive those messages. But the way we do that is by putting our soul in control. Let me put it with by getting our soul in control. Romans 12, 2, renewing our mind. Okay. When that takes place, then all of a sudden we can recognize, well, listen, that's coming from my spirit. That's coming, being communicated to me by the Spirit of God. And we start to tune into those frequencies. And yes, we're still going to have the flesh talking because we live in a physical world and we need some of that. But we're also learning to hear another voice. And it's the voice of our spirit. But here we go. We've got a battle going on, don't we? Battle going on. And whatever we do with our mind, that's going to ultimately determine who wins. If I will get my mind renewed and begin to think like God thinks, then I've got two against one. Yeah. And I'm not going to have any trouble controlling my life because my body will be outnumbered. Spirit changed and completely holy and full of power and righteousness and mind that's been renewed. It's a process, but it's been renewed to think like the spirit so then we got two of us going together and the body's in trouble amen for its own good though i mean no it'll be happy with you later look over at james chapter one you remember let me just throw this scripture out at you too while we're while we're at it uh you remember Hebrews, what does it begin now? Four, right? Hebrews 4.12. Is that right? I've been quoting this so many times, I forgot where it was. Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide. The first thing he mentioned there was soul and Spirit, or spirit and soul, I forget how it's listed. Soul and spirit. Say, isn't the soul and the spirit kind of the same thing? Obviously not, or it couldn't be divided. All right, but what's the thing that divides it? The Word of God. In other words, how am I going to deal with this internal battle and come out victorious? The Word of God is going to separate what's spirit and what's soul so we can recognize what our mind needs to be renewed to. All right. Over here in James chapter 1, look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, my brethren, 
my brethren. Who's he writing to? He's writing to his brethren, which would also include his sistren, right? <laughs> brethren and sistren. In other words, he's not talking, he's not writing to the world, not talking to sinners, not talking about people who don't know the Lord, talking to saved people. James is Pastor James. He has a church, but he's got a lot of backslidden people in his church. Okay, they're not doing right. But he's writing to Christians, saved people. Now look at verse 21 where we want to go. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Say, but James, we're saved, man. You're writing to saved people. What are you talking about? Filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Apparently, James didn't know that when a person gets saved, they live perfect from there on out. He seemed to think that you could be saved and not live right. What was he thinking? <laughs> he was living in reality, wasn't he? Huh? That sometimes a person can be saved. Their spirit is perfect. Been made righteous uh, through the blood of Jesus. But their life doesn't match. And that's a problem. All right. But he's writing to Christians. Notice, and he says, I want you to set aside, lay aside. That means quit it. Knock it off. You guys, you got a bunch of filthiness and wickedness going on in your life. Stop. Knock it off. He's not telling them, you guys need to get saved. You guys are away. You're, you're going to hell, man. You keep doing, you're going to, no, that's not what he's saying. He calls them brethren. He acknowledges you're in the family. You're a part of God's kingdom here. But knock it off. You've got to lay aside all this wickedness and overflow here of stuff. Filthiness and overflow of wickedness. But notice what he said here. He doesn't leave it at that. He said, and. I want you to stop this stuff, you guys. I want you to lay this stuff aside. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Able to save your souls. What will the word do? He said, you need to get the word implanted in you, and it will save your soul. Pastor, you just said these people were saved. You said brethren. You said that meant sistren, too. You said these people are in the family, in the kingdom. They're already saved. James said they need to receive the word so they can get their soul saved. How many know that soul is different than spirit? He didn't say, you guys lay all this stuff aside and get born again. Get changed in your spirit. No, their spirit was saved. Sealed unto redemption by the spirit. But their souls were unsaved. In other words, their mind, their will, and their emotions, that aspect of their being needed to get saved. Does yours? Every one of us, if we've received the Lord, we are saved. But what are we talking about? Our spirit, the eternal part of us, the part of us that, that will live forever, is saved. But our souls still need to be saved. How can they be saved? They must receive the implanted word. If I don't want to live filthy and wicked in my life, this is the only solution. 
if I want to not only be a Christian, but live like a Christian, I've got to have my soul saved. I can't have righteousness dwelling in me, but think wicked thoughts and live according to God's plan and His will. My soul must be saved. In other words, I could say it this way. If I continually struggle with filthiness and wickedness in my life, then there is an area of my soul that has not been saved. I've still got sinful thoughts. How many know this? You've never sinned without thinking about it first. Hmm. You don't go and do stuff physically that your mind hasn't already gone to do and if I can rid certain thought patterns out of my mind I will rid certain behaviors from my life things that I struggle with today if I will stop just trying to not do it but focus on not thinking it then when it comes to doing it it will be an easy change Many times we try to do things physically without the mental power that is behind that. Okay? And now again, say that we're talking, this is like mind stuff, isn't it? Pastor, are we in some kind of mind religion here? <laughs> I'm telling you that God created a spirit, soul, and body. He created your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. And the Bible has much to say about it. We're not exalting uh, we're not just a mind over matter type of group or a mind science, none of that. But we'd be foolish to ignore mind scriptures and ignore the aspect of our being that is called our soul and not taking God's implanted word. But we are talking about mind control. We are talking about brainwashing, all that good stuff. <laughs> In church, because it comes from the word of God, I want to take his word and scrub away. Hmm. I want to take his word and get it planted in me. When it's planted, it starts to grow. And what is being produced in my life is what's been planted in my life. Someone said, I don't know why things are happening in me. I don't know why I got all these thoughts and why all these emotions and all this struggle and why, why it's so difficult. Listen, I, I don't mean to be harsh or anything, but you had to have planted something in there. Where else did it come from? Maybe you did it ignorantly. Maybe, you know, you didn't realize the consequence. Probably. But whatever's in our life today, we planted it. It got in there somehow, and now it's just producing fruit. That's the way things work. Someone said, I've never, ever had uh, the bad thoughts, and now all of a sudden this is happening. You're lying. Deceiving yourself. Hmm. Our souls must be saved must be changed it's very difficult to live the Christian life with an unsaved soul it simply means we don't think like God thinks I want you to look at 3rd John to take a right turn not gospel of John that would be left 3rd John right before Jude and Revelation I only sing the Jude song on Saturday nights. <laughs> There's a few folks in here that snuck in. They were in the service last night. That Saturday nights were special. So you guys knock it off. <laughs> this is Sunday morning. This is televised. 
So we got to just got to keep things in order. All right. Third John. <laughs> also, first service we got to sing the Max Maxwell Smart, you know, get smart theme too. So we can't do that in this service either. Third John verse two. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. John praying for his friend Gaius. And he said, This is what I want for you. This is what I'm praying for you. That you'd prosper in everything. And he said, That you'd be in health. Would John, inspired by the Spirit, pray this if it wasn't the will of God? That's kind of another message. He prayed that he prosper and be in health, notice, just as your soul prospers. He knew that his friend would not have prosperity outwardly in all areas and even have physical health apart from the prosperity of his soul. This principle is true for all of us. Oftentimes we want something to happen to us. Lord, prosper me. Write me a check for a million dollars. Someone would just do that. Man, I'd be prosperous. No, you wouldn't. You'd be a poor person with a million dollars. Because really what defines us is what's inside, not what's outside. Okay? And prosperity must happen first in the soul. We must think that way before it can happen on the outside and be really before it remains. Like you've heard the stories of many lottery winners who became instantly prosperous on the outside, but they did not have prosperity in their thinking and therefore it destroyed their lives. It happens many, many, many times. Okay? But the goal of all of us should be this. Not just, I want to fix everything around me, because that's temporary, man, and that's something we can't have full control over. But I do want to fix everything in me. I do want to have my mind renewed so my thoughts are God's thoughts. That's when my soul is saved. And if my spirit's saved and my soul is saved, look out world. Look out devil. Look out body. We're about to take over here and I'm about to have full control of my life and serve the Lord with everything I've got. And so again, I want to show you this point. What happens on the outside is related to what's happening inside. And of course, but here's what I'm not talking I'm not really talking about being born again. I'm talking to most folks here today who are. Most of us have been saved. Yet does that exclude us from having any challenges? No. But we've got to get our soul saved. Get our mind renewed to think like God. And only then can we have control of our life. Let's look at Philippians 4. And we'll finish here for today. Philippians chapter 4. Got lots more to say, but we will get to it. And if the Lord comes back before we get it done, we'll continue up there, and it'll be, it'll be even better. <laughs> Amen. I, I've, I, I was thinking while preparing this message and last week as well, a number of the scriptures that I kept wanting to use are the ones that I'm using 
But there's so many of them, they were very well, very well known scriptures. Scriptures that a lot of us, if you've been saved for very long, you probably already have them highlighted in your Bible. You know, they're on the greeting cards. Uh, they're on the refrigerator. You know, you got a little wall plaque, got some of these verses on. There's some of the most well-known verses. And, and that's fine, though. But here, here, here's the thing. Sometimes we're, we're looking for something new. We're looking for something different. Well, there's got to be something else I haven't seen yet. Likely, the case is, it's not something different we need. We need to put into practice what we've heard again and again. And some, this is all brand new and fine. Act on it the first time and you'll jump way ahead of those who've been listening to it for years and not doing it. I'm telling you the truth. Because too many times people are hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and not doing and doing and doing and doing and they remain the same. Our mind being renewed is not just about learning something. There are a whole lot of people who have learned and can quote scriptures and know where they're at, but they've not changed. And, and, and Romans 12:2 again tells us that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, we're either conformed to this world or we're transformed by his word. But it's not just about learning it. It's about letting it change our thinking. So where I approach the same circumstance that I used to deal with, now I deal with it completely different because my mind is changed. All right. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 8. Is that a good one? Here we go. Finally, brethren. Who? <laughs> Another way to say it? Saved people. Forgiven. Righteousness of God in Christ. These people are in the family of God. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Again, Paul didn't, he, he was suffering the same problem that James had. He didn't realize that once people were Christians, that they automatically think right. He didn't realize that since they were saved, that they only had good and righteous thoughts flowing through their mind. When people did them wrong and stole from them, cheated them, hurt them, that they only wanted them to be blessed. Right? <laughs> Of course, Paul knew what James knew, that people needed not only to get their spirit changed, but they needed to get their thinking in line. And so he wrote him a letter inspired by God that we have an account of today to tell us specifically what to do with our minds. He said, you've got to think this way. Don't just quickly read over this. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good scripture. I like that one. If we would do this, there are a whole lot of problems that would go away. There are a whole lot of addictions that would be broken. There are a whole lot of things that people struggle with with temptation that would vanish. Not in a day, not in a couple days. But if we would do this, make this a regular part, it would change everything about our outward life. Because this is called controlling your mind. 
He said, I want you to only think about the good stuff. I want, and think, he uses the word meditate. We'll get into meditate. We'll talk about that more later. But I want you to meditate on good and, and lovely and, and good report. All the, Think about those things. That's a challenge in the world we live in. Because we are surrounded by bunk. Things going wrong. If you like to watch the news and just be informed, how many know? I like to watch it too. I'm, I'm just telling you. But most of it contradicts this verse. Most of it is the opposite. And if you're going to watch the news, man, you've got to spend some time cleaning out your brain. If we only watch that but never read the Word and never meditate on lovely, good, and just, and, and, whole, and all that stuff, noble and pure and all those things, then we've got a messed up mind. And we think, I'm just going to live for God. No, you're not. I'm just going to serve Him all my days. No, you're not. You won't be able to. Your life's going to be in chaos. Unless you specifically grab your mind and put it on good things. Keep your mind stayed on the Lord. has to do with what He says and His Word. You'll not have control of what God's given you responsibility for. And it will not be, you'll not be able at that point to serve Him and to live for Him. You'll have wickedness, filthiness in your life. If it's in your mind, it's in your life. To some, this sounds kind of, yikes. But if we make the right choice to meditate on these things, this becomes the best news. Because we realize we've been struggling, 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 and trying to live right, and trying to do the will of God, and all this stuff, and it's been hard, it's been challenging. But if we get a hold of this one little thing, well, there's actually two. <laughs> I'll give you the next one later. <laughs> but this is a big key. And you'll see how they, how they relate later. But if I can control my mind, I can control my life. Man. Where to go? In verse 9, he said, The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Back to peace. I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Amen. We can keep our minds stayed upon the Lord. Peace of God. Perfect peace of God. He promised we'd all have it. No anxiety and fear and worry. and Comes from meditating on the wrong thing. Amen. Father, thank you today for being with us. Thank you for your word and your spirit revealing to us things that help. Things that give us the ability to change the course and direction of our lives. Lord, you're doing a good, good, good work in us. And we receive today the implanted word which is able to save our souls. Thank you for enabling us to control our thought life. Giving us the ability to overcome negative thought patterns. So that we can be in agreement with the Spirit of God who lives in our spirit. 
and have full control to offer our lives, our bodies as a living sacrifice to you, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. Lord, we honor you and bless you today and thank you for your help. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, I pray for those today who've never been saved, those who've never been born again. Their mind is not the key right now.